Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Craven. You've had a busy few days at the movies. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess that you're... Well, Depends see. on your definition of busy day. Like, yeah. I don't think most people would consider that, like, a, at least at the, the bare minimum, overworking oneself. So, as I recall, Dark Phoenix was number one over the weekend, yes, or did that change from when I saw it? No, no. And then, Dark, Dark Phoenix had the worst opening for any X-Men movie, including the original released 19 years ago. Oh, I, I knew that, but I thought it... It opened above Secret Life of Pets. No, Secret Secret Life of Pets Two did roughly half the business the original did. Mm -hmm. It's like I think the original did like one hundred one hundred two million its opening weekend, and this one I think they were calling for fifty three or fifty four million the last time I read it. Dark Phoenix did thirty three million for the weekend. The original X Men movie, the one that was released in two thousand, did I believe fifty four. Million dollars, and again, this is that, that's not adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. That's that's twenty years ago, which means that if the attendance numbers for that would have been significantly higher, like you can't always look mm-hmm. at the dollar amount and get a real, you know, a, d- like depiction of what it is. Like if Jurassic Jurassic Park, like had it have been released today, would have been up near like eight nine hundred million dollars domestically, mm-hmm. like. When you look at that number and it was released in that time period, like, say, for example, like uh, Return of the Jedi made $307 million. That's still a respectable number, but it's mo- that's more on the equivalent of what Avengers Endgame did if you look at it in 1983 dollars. Mm-hmm. So before we delve deep into the land of the X-Men, Secret Life of Pets 2, first of all, Why? Oh, I guess because the other one made enough money that why not make Oh, yeah. The fir- I mean, the yeah. first one did, like, worldwide, domestically. Like, I want to say it did somewhere around, like, maybe $800 million. Like, it did. It did really well. Like, I can't, I can't tell you a whole lot about the movie. Again, I'm not the demographic, but I remember seeing it, didn't find it you know, offensive or horrible. Okay, for the poster, didn't find it horrible. The, I mean, that's... Which, yeah, that that's pretty. If we ever have to change the podcast name for like <laughs> copyright reasons, like we really should call it. It wasn't horrible. Yeah, it was okay to watch. Yeah, I remember. I that's exactly was my response. It's like that's fine. Uh, I don't remember anything quotable. I saw no reason at all to see it again. But I wasn't. I didn't feel covered with filth when I walked out of the theater either. Like I totally wasted my time. It was fine. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It was just it, it was a very disposable piece of entertainment. And that's that's not insulting anybody that like was involved with it. Like it's just I, I saw it. I didn't feel the need to to revisit mm-hmm. it. Um It wasn't Secret Life of Citizen Kane. Yeah. Which, I mean like with, you've got with Kevin Hart. I'm, like those those nineties era like Disney musicals. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that they're remaking, turning into live action <laughs> movies right now. Like, those did stick with me. Like, the original Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Like, that's an animated film, or even the, the Pixar entry. Aladdin's Toy Story. a ton of dough. Well, yeah. Like, it's it's actually passed up the originals. Now, again, $1992. But still, other than our podcast, I've I've gotten no feedback from anybody about, oh, well, we had to see Aladdin. It's like, nobody's... It's well, like, where is it making this money? I don't think any, it, it's it's kind of a lowest common denominator because most people, 
I, I think they went into it with the idea they're just like, I'm not going to like this thing. And the thing is, like, it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the original, but like enough people are going to see it that it's just it's translating. L- listen, Alice in Wonderland made over a billion dollars. And I think that's how it got there. It was in 3D. People are like, well, it's this isn't just absolute dreck. Um, it's Tim Burton. Look, everyone's mopey. And Johnny Depp is in a hat. Yeah. Which, again, that that's like saying I, I got cheese on my burger. Like, <laughs> right. You can, you can get that pretty much anywhere, any, any way that they, they serve that. What was that horrible movie? Monocle, Moniker, what? The Malachi? No. Ma- that's... I think no. that the one is Johnny Depp. Yeah, the, I think is it, is it Malachi? I don't know. Maybe it's Malachi or Mordecai. 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 I knew. Yes. I knew you were very close. It's horrible. Yeah, that anyway. one was. That did not make a billion dollars. <laughs> no, and I did resent watching it, but I did not go to the theater and spend money on it. Okay, so the story of Secret Life of Pets Two is. Um, there's a lot of intersecting uh, stories, like for the for the better part of the movie, like they're acting uh, independently mm-hmm. of one another. Like one of them is trying to free a tiger um, from a circus. Do they have the tiger by the tail? Um, at one point, yeah, I okay. think they did. All right. Quite quite literally. Um, one of them is going to um, like a family farm for it's a some kind of like a reunion. Not not a reunion. They're visiting family out there. And the city dogs get to meet this country dog who is voiced by Harrison Ford. Oh. Which I'll tell you, like, the. Did he have an earring? The things that I. Well, I, he's a dog. I don't. I, I, didn't, mm. I mean, I guess dogs can have earrings. I guess. Um, th- th- this dog did not have earrings, which, which is not to say it, it couldn't. It just didn't in this okay. particular time. Um, the best parts of the movie, like Harrison Ford, of which. And I mean, he's just. He is in full on. Harrison Ford. Now, was it Harrison Ford or was it Mark Hamill as Harrison Ford? No. That, well, I mean, I guess if, if they needed if they needed some redubs, they could just get him to stand in for him. Like if you if you have not heard it, like uh, YouTube, Mark Hamill impersonating Harrison Ford or something to that effect. Mark Hamill, in addition to being like a remarkable human being, a fantastic Joker, and Luke Skywalker, does a dead on, dead. On impression of Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. So he's country dog. He, he's this like he's seen it all. Like I'm he, guessing he's a mutt. He feels like he looks like a German Shepherd in it, or or some kind of like. Oh, she's so a working class dog. Yeah, uh, kind of like yeah. a like a. Um, his his name's Rooster. But like look me when I'm it talking just, to you, son. Just every everything that he's he's just done with your your nonsense. Why? Well, get up, son. Like one point, like he's got uh, the dog that is now being voiced by Pat Oswalt. The the name Louis C.K. Uh, played him in the original. They fired him from the sequel, and Pat Oswalt. Um, he had had some accusations uh, made against him, and a lot of companies, including like FX, like. They did not renew his show. He was fired oh, from. I guess yeah. I missed that yeah. whole thing. Well, it was it, it happened when a lot of the other ones were. So it, it it didn't get buried, but I don't think it got necessarily the attention. Say like Kevin Spacey did. Yeah, and I was going to say. By the way, since that weird video, what's up with Kevin Spacey? He enough. He has not come back as any of his other uh, <laughs> characters in strange, strangely like self published. Okay. Um, YouTube videos. Weird. All right. So, uh, a pretty good switch out, though. Louis C.K. and Patton Oswalt. I can... Patton Oswalt was a, like, uh, honestly, like, if I hadn't have 
remembered distinctly that Louis C.K. I, I probably would not have even mm-hmm. like realized the change. Like it was just it really is kind of seamless. And I, I like Patton Oswalt. And like, we all know none of us watched the first movie more than once. So I really don't think so. No. My, oh. I don't even remember my kids saying, oh, it's on Netflix. Let's like, eh. Harrison Ford. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, well worth your time in this movie. Like I said, he's just he's almost like Clint Eastwood in the like he's just uh, you need to get that stupid thing off you. You look ridiculous. I would watch a whole movie of Clint Eastwood as a dog, Harrison Ford as a dog. I'd just get a whole bunch of really old men together. Bring John Wayne back from the as dead. As a dog, and you could have an afternoon and, of and it. And they're just sitting there talking about how they're they're, they're done with that. They, look, look and they'd that. have to play poker, and look. it would be a dog day afternoon. That's. I think you just that. If that isn't the title, it should be. <laughs> we'll, then, then they're wrong. Um, Dana Carvey also has a very. It's. It's almost a cameo. It's be, slightly more than a cameo. Is he President Bush? Uh, no, no. As he's a dog? he's he's another old dog oh. that's trying to. I'm just, like, if they do a spinoff of this, just called Old Dogs or something like that. Like the best parts of it, you get in very just like minute samples, mm. like sous of. Of them, and you're just sitting there going, "Why didn't, why didn't you get them to do more?" Uh, yeah, Kevin Hart plays a rabbit yes. in this one, and he is actually Kevin Hart is always entertaining. Sometimes it's to a large degree, sometimes it's to a lesser degree. He falls mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle on this one, but uh, Kevin Hart is the the ever dependable working comedian that he is. So, and his story is what he's the bunny, this, and okay. The little girl that has him plays superheroes with him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't realize necessarily that he isn't a real superhero. Oh, and a dog that is Wait a voiced by. So he is literally a dumb bunny. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, Tiffany Haddish is mm-hmm. voicing a dog, and this dog saw like this this tiger trapped um, in the circus. Like mm-hmm. you know he you know being abused by his owners like. Staying in cages, like stuff like just being being mistreated in general. And she she needs to find um, the super rabbit that she she has heard of. Mm-hmm. And so they go on this adventure to free the the tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's basically his story, like very, very, very Which is commendable. But when you look ahead, let's say you're a house rabbit and a dog and you free the tiger. What happens to you next? Um, I don't. I don't want to ruin it, but it's actually pretty amusing. Okay, like what they do. The, so they don't get eaten, and uh, no, they, okay. they, yeah, it does not take a really dark turn there. Okay. At the, end. This, the, <laughs> the the tiger does not like massacre not all Shere the Kong. the city dogs, and they're just like, oh, <laughs> oh wow, this is dark. This is man, this is like Bambi's mother dark. Oh yeah. wow. We should have left him in jail. I don't. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that actually is going to, you know, end up watching this or movie. Or remember it. But like, I basically who's I, the tiger? That I can't. Or it, does the tiger not talk? Probably Frank Welker. Like <laughs> it, it does. It does sounds, but it's not like it's. Well, hold on here. Let let okay, me. Okay, so interject. then what are the rules? Only cats and dogs. I can guess talk? domesticated animals, maybe. See, I. I don't it's know. happened in other movies. All these other animals are talking, and then there's, you know, the the marginalized ones. You're talking about, like, how Pluto is a pet, but Goofy yes. is upright, you know, talking, driving yes. cars. Like, even in some of them, like, he's he's having difficulty at work. Like, I, I, I swear, I remember seeing one where, like, Goofy had, like, a midlife crisis or something. Yeah. I, I re- That's the Goofy I like. Hardworking, like, 
midlife goofy. Like, I always found Goofy slightly annoying, and the female Goofy chaser, whoever she was, Clarabelle, is that who looked like a dog but was actually a a cow? I I maybe maybe the animators just weren't as practiced at that point. And they're like, what is it? Is it a dog? Is it a cow? And they're like, whatever. It's a cartoon. I know. Nobody's going to be watching these things Ooh. in fifty years. Get it out there, Goofy. She just bothered me. And he was probably just like, oh, get away from me. <laughs> oh, I'm, Goofy. I'm going to get a restraining order. <laughs> we could make our own little movie there. I think. Okay, so uh, the kids liked it. I think it falls squarely into the same category that the original did. Like, it's not offensive to you. Um, I don't need a third one. Like, if it makes enough money, there'll probably be one. Um, no, the, the, they're going to become a Netflix series. It probably already is. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Like, Netflix seems to, Illumination and Universal seem to have, like, I, I don't know, some kind, of, some kind of a deal there. But if it's not, it, it probably be. should be. Yeah. yeah. And... The soundtrack, I'm assuming, was appealing to the adults. There, uh, there was a rap song that I was completely unaware of. I finally reached that age where, like, popular music is completely just uh, – it, it's a loss on me. Like, one of the kids was like, oh, yeah, that's this one. And I'm like, who is that? What, <laughs> what did they look like? Like, I just – it's like um, Mr. Skinnerd. <laughs> like, it, it really it really just was – I don't know who that is. You know, it's kind of freeing because followed up with, and I really don't care. I mean, that's that's basically because one of them started like giving me like his Wikipedia entry. I go, oh no 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 no, I don't care. <laughs> I just I don't know who it is. Like, but the important part is I don't want to learn. I, I don't I don't need that information. I have all the information about it that I want, which is none. My children have an interesting mix of it. They they do like some new songs, but. Most of the time, with Jenna in particular, the new rap songs, apparently many of her student associates play these songs all the time. And so then she will play them for me to mock them. Not the students, the air quotes music. Because I know I sound like a horrible old lady. It's awful. It's like just one note or it's... It's, the, it's just beyond terrible. Three words. Yes, it or it's is. Just, it's off key, or it's it's. I, I there. I just I don't understand it. But again, they're not making it for me. No, they are not, or for anyone who can actually hear. Well, when when they get older and they realize that the better music was before they were born, then then we can have a conversation. Yes. I understand how a generation would say Elvis and the Beatles, oh, because it's a completely different beat and presentation. But they couldn't say that Elvis, those Beatles, don't they know more than one note? Okay. No, they couldn't. They, they, they know all the notes. They yes. know lots of words. Like, yes, they know all the notes. I might not like that song, but they know all the notes. Even You can appreciate why someone would like Elvis and the Beatles, even if you yourself are not like completely immersed mm -hmm. within that. I think we should we should all be able to agree on that. I know all the notes. Okay, so uh, secret lack of pets. If you have uh, kids, sure. Yeah, I took mine to see it. They enjoyed it. Like you won't hate that you went to see it, but <laughs> you probably won't. You, you don't need to red box it after you know after three secret months. Secret life whenever. of pets too. You won't hate it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, probably at the bottom of the poster. That's not the one they put on the top. 
You are listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. This is Jane Ellen talking with Adam Craven's Movie Reviews. So, what we need to get to is this X-Men debacle. Now, I know you can go for hours on any question I will put to you during this. I, I want people Restraint. to... Like, there, there could be, a, again, a separate podcast where you do nothing... But ask me questions about the X Men, and I'm t- like, we could do a 200 part series. Oh, that'd be fun on just a single decade of the like the X. I will. I'm, we really need to commit to more podcasts. This is this is an auditory thing, so you can't see it. But I want you to look at my keychain for my van. Yeah, do I you, don't know what it is. Okay, that it's an X, Jane. Oh, That's, okay. That is for the X. It's the letter X, like, it, and around it, looked it, like, it looked like the test for depth perception at the optometrist, no. and I just saw the parts that weren't the X. Like, uh, on that, and, like, if you can see it even small, it says Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters, which is what the name of that the school is. I know. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. Like, so to say that I am reasonably well-versed in the X-Men is probably to underplay it. So, correct me if I'm wrong in any part of this telling. Gladly, So, you have um, Captain Picard in a wheelchair and Gandalf and, um, wait, and and that incredibly charming Mr. Barnum, and they, uh, they don't exactly solve crime, but they try to bring unity in the world. And Catwoman is there at some times and her hair looks different. And then you have someone is rising and it is Jean Grey. And so this is a pre Captain Picard Gandalf story. Okay. There okay, finally you got to this <laughs> the, the series that you were describing is actually the trilogy that ended in two thousand six. Patrick Stewart ended? Yes. Okay. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen <laughs> Are no longer playing those roles. I see. They they briefly says you. They were briefly interjected <laughs> into uh, X Men Days of Future uh, Past, Wolverine. and Patrick Stewart appeared in Logan. Logan, yeah, yeah, as yeah. Uh, Logan. By the way, an exceptional film, which honestly is it, not like an X Men movie. Well, Logan is well, yes, but it's not. It's not as like X Men as yes. yeah. It's more uh, Clint Eastwood directed Logan. It really feels, yeah. and again, as as somebody that has followed these films since their inception, like I watched the Saturday morning cartoon when Fox brought it to Fox Kids when Saturday morning cartoons were a thing. I played mm-hmm. the Sega Genesis game. I, I've been on this train ride since the absolute first stop. Logan is the movie that they should have closed this out on. Like, Logan's Run? No, Logan. No. Oh, Lo- just the name. Lo- I see. Hugh Jackman's yes. final appearance. It was just. It was pitch perfect. It was like a James very good James film. Mangold and Hugh Hugh Jackman. I mean, they just they nailed it. And I will say this: if you go, oh, I don't really like those kinds of movies. You might not get every reference. Just watch Logan because Logan can stand alone as the kind of pursuit film that it is. Yeah. I, th- I think I that's right. Say. It does not require, like, you get a little bit more out of it, and you understand some of yeah. the, the backstory or maybe the history to it, but Logan very much stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real good. So, I am familiar with the name Jean Grey, and she is uh, my 
perception of her is she's like the the Captain Marvel can do it all of all the X-Men. She's got super duper powers. And this is her younger or this is her origin. Well, oddly enough, this is actually the same story that they adapted for X-Men The Last Stand. Never. Well, maybe I did. X-Men The Last Stand was the terrible X-Men movie that closed out the... Like, you have X-Men 1 and 2, which are honestly landmark classics in superhero cinema. Like, anybody that loves Marvel movies, and by Mar- I mean Marvel Studios like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, mm-hmm. you do not get to that point without the original X-Men and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. These mm-hmm. are the films that proved that you can treat this material seriously. There is a mass audience that wants to see this. And the only reason, and the other reason you can also get to Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, is because Marvel did not have access to those characters because in the mid-90s, Marvel was going bankrupt, which sounds ludicrous mm. now. But they they literally, like, just, they they were about to go bankrupt. They were going to close their doors. So the only assets they really have that they can do anything with, they start selling off, like, their big characters to be turned into movies. At this point, DC was really the only one that was making uh, superhero films that anyone cared about. Um, Sony purchased the rights to Spider-Man. 20th Century Fox got the rights to X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and any of the characters that were surrounding that. So when Marvel started seeing all these people making giant just buckets of money with their characters, they're like, why don't we do that? And they're like, oh, we sold all mm-hmm. our our big ones. Like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and the X-Men were the only ones. I, and again, seeing as how a movie that he just starred in grossed $2.7 billion dollars, Iron Man was not an A-list character in 2008. Iron Man was at best a C, maybe a B-minus list character. Really? Yeah. Like, it, within the comic, I'm just at, like, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men ruled the comic book. So do books. you think, movie-wise, if the Fantastic Four with um, the shield in it, uh, yeah. if, that had been, if that had been better... It would have changed things, and maybe the focus would not have gone toward Iron Man. Um, well, uh, here, here's the 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 catch about that. 20th Century Fox owned Fantastic. Like the these movies, Spider Man, X Men. Like you've got the ones that were doing big business, and 20th Century Fox just kept milking that cow. Fantastic Four um, is one of the reasons why 20th Century Fox could be sold. To Disney because the movie division just wasn't it wasn't turning it out. Mm-hmm. And like it's not because these properties aren't like able to like 20th Century Fox just kept doing terrible, terrible things <laughs> with it and basically running it for every good or one or two just great X-Men movies. They would do something stupid like X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is an awful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that will tell you any review that you will you will read that says Dark Phoenix is the worst entry in the series is lying to you. X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and honestly, X-Men The Last Stand are are just, they're awful. Like, the, the first... And yet I remember more of Wolverine, probably because it was mostly just about Wolverine, and so I remember more of the story. Well, here's the other catch. As much as these movies are called X-Men, most of them have had the X-Men, like, moniker on them. Mm-hmm. Really, it's Wolverine... And and his buddies, like, yes, Wolverine and friends. Like that's that's basically what almost all of the X Men movies and the or the at least the ones that are the most successful. Whenever you brought in um, the new 
the younger cast, when they did the prequel with uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender playing mm-hmm. uh, Professor Xavier and Magneto, um, the first one does okay business. Whenever they do Days of Future Past and time travel Wolverine back in there, mm-hmm. the movie open like it opens huge, like ends up doing the most money of any X Men movie ever. I think it was like seven hundred and fifty, like seven. It was right around that number. It was just it was huge. And dare I say it's a case much like the Wolverine character is interesting, but it's also Hugh Jackman and his charisma, much like RDJ's charisma with Iron Man. To put it in, like in layman's terms, essentially Hugh Jackman was the Robert Downey Jr. of the Fox's X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones, if you will look at them, the ones that he is in do remarkably well. They they set box office records. The ones that do not feature him, um, X-Men Apocalypse has him in a cameo. X-Men First Class also has him in an even smaller cameo. Those are the two lower grossing X-Men Days of Future Past, which is the second film in that trilogy, mm-hmm. did gangbusters. This film features him in no way whatsoever. Like, I don't even think there's a passing reference to Wolverine. So what's the story of this one? Um, Jean Grey, um, it, it, in both of these cases, um, had come to Xavier's school at a very young age. Um, Jean had experienced like certain bits of trauma in her life, and she is um, uh, like a telepath and a, and a psychic, uh, basically on the level or around the same level as okay. Professor Xavier. Oh, I think you're prof- going to say Miss Cleo. No, no, but that I mean that would be that'd be an interesting spinoff. <laughs> if Hulu's looking for stuff, I'd I'd watch that one. I'm Miss Miss Cleo, now I'm one of the X Men. <laughs> Okay, so so she comes to school, um, and basically Xavier realizes how powerful uh, this mutant is. Mm-hmm. But she she has aspects of her mind that are unstable, and she's very young. And under basically, it's like if if you gave a three year old a broadsword, like how long would Who you hasn't. How long would you let that three-year-old hold that broadsword before you either tried to take it away or start putting up, you know, something around them so that they can't hurt other people? Basically, mm-hmm. Professor Xavier goes in there and starts uh, building scaffolding or walls so that Jean's trauma is not coming to this or she she isn't, you know, going through un, unrequited bits of rage or whatever. And he she's she, he's around her most of her entire life. So even if... Maybe those boundaries start to slip like he's there that he can kind of take care of it. Much like what happened to Sam when he had spent some time with the devil in a cage in hell. They had to protect his mind. I understand what you're saying. Um, but supernatural. The the Phoenix Force um, comes to Gene. When Phoenix it, Force is. The Phoenix Force is. Think of it. it, it it's like an infinity stone. It's okay. very it's very powerful. Very powerful. And is it named Fox's Phoenix Force? No, no, it is in no relation okay. to that. Um, but it senses Gene's power, and the X-Men um, are assisting um, uh, a space shuttle, essentially. But what is it? Is it like a floaty thing? Is it a hovering cloud? It's, it's like where the Phoenix It's a hovery, Force? hovery cloud. Hovery cloud. In, in this one. The Phoenix Force is it takes... sentient? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of. All right. I, like, Infinity Stone really is the best way... Okay. To, it's the best and simplest way to explain it away without 
going into another six part podcast. Like, okay. I'll give you the answer we'll you're asking that. for, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's it's Infinity Stone Cloud. Like so for Phoenix for the intensive Force purposes of realizes this she's there and seeks her out, and it kind of uh, inhabits her for for lack of a better term. Are you talking demon possession? Kind of, sorta. Of. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Jean, it's it, it's also kind of giving her a power boost. Okay. Um, on top of that, like, and in this particular case, Professor Xavier is no longer able to keep up those walls or that scaffolding. So she's more powerful than him now. Uh, yes, she is probably the most powerful mutant on the planet mm-hmm. now. Even with the help of Cerebro, which is something that he and Magneto built that enhances the professor's power. Even with that, like think, think of it, it's like his mech suit. Um, even with that, she is still more his powerful. Mech suit. It's a mech like the it's like a robot suit that. Oh, he like would the put, thing on Alien. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, like that. Um, even with that, he can't he can't help her, and it's the, completely different from his meh suit. And one of the things that he had been kind of shielding from her. Uh, Gene, at a very young age, accidentally like kind of lashes out, and when she does it, it ends up um, killing her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and her her father essentially doesn't want anything to do with her anymore. So he just Xavier has, has realized what's happened. He's come there, and he he's he's there to tell him, you know, I want to help your daughter. I can help your daughter. Like I have a school that does this, but it takes a really bad turn. And he's essentially going, I don't I don't want her. She, I, I can't help her. She's a destructive force. Get her out of here. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't want anything to do with his daughter. He's grief-stricken about the b- murder of his wife. And, like, basically, he's just like, you need, you need to take her. You need to do anything. She's beyond help. Mm-hmm. So the professor does not hit the, the adolescent with this because, you know, yeah. um, having a, a powerful psychic, um, having kind of that traumatic event... He shields it. But the point is, like, he, he doesn't breach the subject later. And whenever the Phoenix Force finally kind of doesn't take over, they're almost a- acting in a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene is now having to deal with that, um, but a- as an adult. And so and what age is she in this 20-something? They're, they're real kind of vague. vague about everybody's age. Like, and who is she? Who's playing her? Uh, Sansa Stark. The actress oh, oh, okay, that, yeah. that that plays uh, Sansa Stark is the um, does does a very. Didn't she cer- just marry a Jonas brother? That is something I don't know about. But if if that is true, wait then a minute. Yes. One one of the girls, women from um, Game of Thrones, married somebody. That seems likely that that's the one. They I, see because I think they're roughly the same age. Maybe. Um, that's what I'm thinking. See, now I have to find out. I, I really never thought us talking about X-Men would lead to the Jonas Brothers. That's I know you wouldn't, and that's, yet... That's startling. Here here it is. Um, maybe I should have just Googled this better. Because I really... Did you put Sansa Stark marries Jonas? Is that what I you Googled? <laughs> uh, let's see. Kevin has been married to Danielle since 2009. Joe married Sophie Turner, Sophie Turner. in 2019, okay. and Nick married Chopra in 2018. All right. That, so, so it's her. There it is, yeah. So she's Mrs. Jonas' brother. I don't think that's her official uh, I, I Screen Actors Guild credit, okay. but uh, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. All right, Mrs. Jonas' Maybe brother. legally that's what she's called. Yeah. Now, that being said, does that mean there's a Jonas' brother song on the soundtrack, but you wouldn't know? 
Um, there did not appear to be one over the ending credit. Ah, uh, okay. So appear to be. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Uh, at this point, like even the person I was watching it with, there's like, is there an after credit sequence? And I go, I 20th Century Fox doesn't exist. I go, so even if there is, it's going to lead to a, if if there is, it's going to lead to a movie that'll never be made. Like. The, for all intents and purposes, this version of the X-Men is gone. Like, really? In two or three years, you'll probably see, like, Kevin Feige, like, figure out a way to to kind of turn them in to the Marvel, the, the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe, the one that uh, Captain America, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, that that exists there. But as they are right now, they, they've never intersected because for all intents and purposes, they're part of two so separate universes. So is the universes. movie awful? No, it, it really isn't. I think Fox looked at X-Men Apocalypse, which was pretty underwhelming, especially to be the film that followed Days of Future Past. And they decided what what they looked at, they took out of it and said, all of this spectacle and epicness, that's what people didn't like about that movie. Oh, no, we liked that. It's it's a very kind of small, almost character driven film uh, that somehow finds itself being placed in the middle of summer like and especially coming off a movie that landed its ending so well, like Endgame, this film just fe- it feels small. It sounds like it would have been a, a Maggie Gyllenhaal indie film released in February. Just, I, 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 I think 20, 20th Century Fox really didn't have any pull at the point. Like, this is Disney's movie. Um, and initially it was supposed to come out in November. Um, I, I it wasn't ready at that point, so they pushed it to February. And reputedly, James Cameron did not want uh, Alita Battle Angel to premiere in the summer because he felt the competition was too strong against mm-hmm. it. So he told Fox, and like this guy has done a couple of movies for Fox yeah, that had done some money. He said, I want the February date you're giving to X-Men mm-hmm. for Battle Angel Alita. X-Men now becomes a summer movie that was going to premiere in the much less crowded, mm-hmm. probably much more appropriate for a quieter film like this, in fe- like February, now becomes a June release that is going up, you know, against Endgame, John Wick, and it's just, it, it is not, it, it really is not the worst of the X-Men movies, but it's not the film that I would have picked to sit in the middle of the summer. Days of Future Past? Yes. Uh, the original X-Men, yes. X-Men mm-hmm. 2, by all means. So this was made thinking to be a franchise, and then there was the sale, and then it was, well, this is it. More or less. Like, it even feels like it was intended to be two movies. Like, it ends on an appropriate, no, appropriate enough note that it could be the bookend to the series. But there's also bits of it that I'm sitting there going, you seem to be alluding to something else that's going to happen that isn't going to happen now. Hmm. It, How frustrating for those cast in it. For for a, a film series that basically ushered in the this billion dollar like franchise of superhero films. Like and again, like I, I really don't think people, especially if you weren't clued into that, X-Men and Spider-Man are really the reason we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we do now. For a film series that's responsible for that and that X-Men 1 and 2 are are just genuine classics I will put up against the best of what Marvel Studios has done. X-Men 2 is just an exceptional piece of filmmaking. To see a series that was responsible 
like for that just it feels like a terrible like it, it's it's a funeral that nobody nobody showed up to and mm-hmm. like like honestly it just it, it bothers me that this is the le- this is the way that we we end it mm-hmm. um it's it's not a terrible and it's definitely not the worst of this series but it's definitely not the resounding success or even like kind of the quiet intensity that Logan had which so- is the reason why I say I feel like if you were going to have a film that was going to operate as the period for the 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 20th century Fox X-Men's sentence, that was really the film that should have done it. So do you think it was previews or word of mouth or people knew about the sale and said, we're just not going to bother going? Because if the film itself wasn't so bad, I would have expected a bigger opening and then just having it drop off. I, I think... Um, I think Disney really didn't have like any skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Like that, this they knew they knew they were really pretty much done with this cast because they. I guess they re- reportedly Feige had also said, "Yeah, we're gonna we will recast. Like we're not using Deadpool is the only X Men character that gets to stay like they are. Everyone else, whenever we roll them into the Marvel universe, no pun intended, will be rolling. Will be done as." whomever we cast there. Ryan Reynolds gets to stay as Deadpool. They that he can go out and do his own thing, but nothing else from 20th Century Fox's X-Men will stick around. So like they didn't really but, care. But where will go the the Wolverine jokes? Um he's still basically at this point the 20th Century Fox X-Men universe is Ryan Reynolds to do with as he pleases. He can still reference Hugh Jackman in that mm-hmm. because he will probably not exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He'll be the lone 20th Century Fox X-Men character. And he, he's the only one that's going to survive the buyout as well. But I think just nobody that it wasn't going that there was no purpose to really put a lot of marketing muscle behind it because this was it. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney, this was Disney did not make this one. So like they they really didn't care uh, about it. And I, I think. A lot of people still had a really bad taste in their mouths from X-Men Apocalypse. So like it was this film had nothing but uphill to go for. And maybe if it had have just been if it would have been the best film in the the franchise, maybe word of mouth would have carried it. But as it is, it's one of the the lesser. It's not the worst, but it's somewhere in the middle. And it just it could not overcome all of those things that were standing in front of it. I get it. So. X-Men Dark Phoenix is... Well, it, it's actually just Dark Phoenix. They took the... the it's not called I, X-Men I, I Dark I implied Phoenix. a comma there. I'm, I'm just saying. Dark Phoenix. It's like the Dark Knight is not Batman the Dark Knight. It's just <laughs> the Dark Knight. I love your specificity. I'm, anyway, this is... You think if you are into the X-Men, you should enjoy this, but it is going to be a different feeling film from the other X-Men. If you went into Days of Future Past and said, this is how you do... An X-Men movie. If you saw X-Men 2 and you were like, this is perfect. This film is a departure from that. I don't think it is a, I don't think it's a terrible film, but it, I, I also don't think that it's the soaring heights that you hit with X-Men first class days of future past or X2 either. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I, I mean, just temper your expectations properly and understand that like it, it just, nobody was fighting for this movie. Like whenever it came into theaters and it just, I think it really just kind of got bum rushed by the the sale, its release date. Mm-hmm. I mean just just everything. 
Don't you ever wonder where the phrase bum rush came from? I'm guessing um, a a bum was running one day. Just, just throwing that out there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, coming up, we've got what coming up? Movies. Um, the the Bill Murray out. zombie movie. What is it? Dead Don't Die is, yes. is supposed to release this Friday. And if, it, if it is anywhere near me, I will watch that film. <laughs> um I mean, there's, there, I mean, there's, there's a good deal of stuff that's coming up. That one right there is the one that that catches my eye uh, the most, though. Oh, I had written them down, but I've clearly already forgotten. When does Terminator come out? Uh, Term- August. Terminator is much like I want to say it's almost fall. Oh, it might be August, but it might be like September or October as well. Like I, I know that it, it's it's way it's way out there. Okay, because I'm psyched about that i'll listen if james cameron's back on terminator and he says this is like this is legit terminator he's not directing but he's producing and he had a lot of input on the story mm-hmm. last time we had a good terminator movie it involved this guy pretty yeah. heavily yeah so there you have it thank you so much for listening to parental guidance suggested more movies fresh from us next week i'm jane ellen and i'm adam cravens <laughs>